Welcome to Tea O'Clock with Kella. Bring your tea and leave with more. Happy Christmas again. (laughs) I'm going to say that 12 times. Happy Christmas. Christmas. I'm off to the second of our 12 Days of Christmas episode. Yay. Very, very excited for this one. Yeah, because this one is about the film Last Christmas, which is one of my favourite ever films. And, well, I won't speak for you, but... Oh, no, it's definitely up there. I can't believe it's taken me, what, three years to watch it? Two, three years? crazy would you give it five stars four stars I think I'd give it four stars no I really really enjoyed it and also warning there will most definitely be spoilers we cannot talk about this without spoilers so yeah we'll just say the start this episode if you've not seen it we highly recommend it for everyone um even my dad watched it because I made him I didn't make him but (laughs) And the first half an hour, I was like, eh. and actually my friend Beck said that as well. She's like, to start with. But by the end of it, they're like, do you know what? It's a really good film. So for all the family, not just people who like rom-coms, we recommend go away and watch it and come back. Um, but if you have watched it, then carry on listening. Oh, I don't do, do you want to start. I don't, well, do you want to do the plot summary, including spoilers, just do the whole shebang. Okay, okay, right. So follows the story of Kate or Katerina. She's working as an elf in an all-year-round Christmas shop. And she's kind of, she's not having the best time. She's not living her best life. She's having lots of one-night stands, getting drunk, live, um, sleeping on different friends' sofas because she doesn't want to um, be at her parents' house. Then one day... When she's working, she sees this guy outside the shop that she works at and she goes to talk to him. And then he he ends up um, kind of asking her on a date and they end up walking around um, London. And he's, he's a very mysterious guy who doesn't use his phone or anything like that. So she kind of only finds him by him coming to the shop to see her. Um, she can never seem to find him when she looks for him. Um, anyway, so they kind of start start this cute little romancy thing between the two of them. Um, oh, and then Santa, who owns the shop that um, Kate works at, she also has a love interest yes. um, who she meets who comes into the shop. So that's really cute as well. God, I'm doing such a bad job at this. I'm resting on plot summaries and I feel like I'm (laughs) wasting time. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so she's like in this relationship with Tom, they're kind of figuring, she's trying to, I don't know, improving herself because he's this really great guy who helps with the homeless and um, it's just really, really cute. Harry, help me out. I'm really sorry. Okay. All right. Where to go? Okay, so also a big part of Kate's story is that, well, I don't know if you find out until near the end, but she had open heart surgery. Well, she had a yeah. heart transplant. And so there's all the, she needs to go to her doctor's appointments and her mum's looking after her. Um, and uh, it's about Kate's relationship with her family as well. And uh, they came over to the UK from former Yugoslavia. And it's about, um, there's a lot of 
Brexit or kind of immigrant experience. That's a big part of the film as well. And Kate's also trying to audition um, because she yeah. loves singing, getting places, and then she starts uh, working with the homeless and puts on a show with them and then uh, gets closer to Tom. And then, big reveal, big spoiler, turns out Tom is a ghost and he gave, his, last Christmas, he literally gave Kate his heart, although the very next day she didn't give it away. No, and... No, no, no yeah um and it's really moving and then after that Kate seems to feel more able to move on with her life and Tom floats away into the ghostly wherever yeah and she performs at a concert that she arranges to raise money for the homeless and it's a really happy scene yeah I thought that was such a cool inventive way of like using the song to make a film instead of it just being a film about a romance that goes wrong like they very literally like because it was Emma Thompson and her husband and someone else who wrote the story yeah so Greg Wise Greg Wise's husband Um, was it Paul Fake because I don't know maybe did he direct it I don't know, but yes. Ingenious to take the idea of Last Christmas I Gave My Heart and be like, okay, this is a story about a girl who had a heart transplant. Yeah. And the idea of the the ghost of the person who gave her the heart that she has now is there and helping her her through, which was really, really sweet. So I'm just going through the other lyrics of the song in my head, seeing if any more of them apply. But it's really cute. And then she sings um, Last Christmas at the end at the yes at the Christmas show that they've gone to the homeless shelter. Yeah, she does. And, uh, well, let's get into chat and battle now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, that is one of my favourite scenes in the film. And what I love is that Andrew Ridgely is in the audience and they pan to him and he's singing along and... Also, I didn't even notice until I last watched it that Greg Wise is also in the audience. Is he? Oh, yeah, which is really cool. I I love him. I love other films he's done, and I don't know. I didn't notice him before, so so cool. Maybe just because he's more on my brain with watching him strictly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I love it when you think that. Same, and another thing to mention unrelated to the film, or kind of is that Emma and Greg also um, act on like a first name basis with them now. Uh, they also, they came out, I think around about the same time, maybe with a short story collection called Last Christmas as well. And I think the proceeds go to charity and there's so many amazing writers who were involved. I know Graham Norton wrote one of them. Of course, that's one I remember. But it looks really good. I got it last Christmas, but I didn't read it because I got it on Christmas and I don't really like reading until after. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see who wrote in it. Because it looks so pretty. The, oh, I just had to mention that. I Even though I've not read it, I really recommend it because it just looks so stunning. I'm sure it's brilliant. Um, Stephen Fry, Meryl Streep, Olivia Coleman, Bill Bailey, Amelia Clark, Caitlin Moran. Uh, people who have been homeless, political refugees and many others, it says on the front. And it says, memories of Christmas past and hopes for future ones. 
That is so cute. And oh. there's so many other writers. It's really cool. So yeah, we would highly recommend it, even though we haven't read it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine it being bad. I mean, yeah. they're really good charities. So. Yeah, and if that film is anything to go by. Yes. So good. I can't believe it's taken me so long to watch it. I can't believe we basically have 20 minutes left to talk about it because there's so much to say okay I I spoke endlessly last time about Christmas Carol so I'll try and curb my enthusiasm and let you go ahead with what you loved about it I I thought it was a great mix of everything like there were moments of there were like really cute moments like when they go to his apartment and they have like that heart to heart quite literally (laughs) I didn't even realize what I was doing there but that moment where she's being so like vulnerable and open with him was so sweet and like I was crying at that because I was like this is so adorable and I had the feeling something was going to go wrong because like in a rom-com you know that it's never always smooth sailing. No, they have to have like, some kind of breakup or whatever. Because I was like, something is going to go wrong. Because I was like, he's not really sharing much about himself. I was like, what, what's he hiding? Yeah. Like in the back of my brain, I was like, what's going on? And then obviously that moment when she realises when she then goes back to his apartment and there's the guy there, basically, I think he's like an estate agent trying to sell the place. <laughs> So that was heartbreaking. Oh. I just, who would have seen that coming? You knew that he was being shady, but you thought, oh, cheating on her or something, I don't really know. Yeah. But no, dead. Oh my God. I, I, Gave her his heart. I couldn't believe it at all. But then everything all know. At the end, when, when you know, it all makes sense. Also, his whole premise of the whole, like, look up thing was so cute and I really like that because I think that's a nice way of being like enjoying the little things and making the most Mm. of what's around you because I think you could tell at the beginning she was very much just trying to get through each day Mm -hmm. I know it was really really sweet and like her character development over the film like you could really see her coming into herself and basically like herself again. Yeah. Really nice because like you can tell at the beginning that she was very, very much not really that happy and not really the nicest person mm-hmm. ever to her friends and family. So in a way, mm-hmm. is it, I don't know, kind of Scrooge-esque. <laughs> Yeah, bettering. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Just I just I love that it's not as superficial as I imagined it would be. Is exactly what I was saying last episode. I love it when you can enjoy any bit silly, bit fun. But I was really cool how they weaved in other things, like I mentioned with uh, talking about the immigrant experience and. Uh, there's yeah. a moment on the bus when this man is very xenophobic and then um, Kate or Kasharina goes over and then speaks to the people who he was really horrible to 
Um, and she reclaims her identity and, you know, she says, oh, my name's Katarina as well. And she's been going by Kate. Uh, I think that was a, a really important moment to include in the film. I thought it made sense. I like the context as well. Like It makes sense with even thinking about how this film isn't about George, George Michael per se, but, you know, he... I don't want to draw any comparisons between his experiences and um, well, talking about people coming over from former Yugoslavia, but you know he is Greek Cypriot yeah. as well. I think it's nice that um, the film takes into account you know all the these different identities, like the whole metropolis of London. And I thought that I feel like I'm not explaining myself very well, but I essentially just appreciated what the film did and it made sense for our times. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think what you said makes makes a lot of sense. And I think they did it really well. It's a really yeah. important thing to do and it worked really well. Yeah. The film, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think. Well, I was always going to love this film because I'm the biggest George Michael fan ever. Um, but I think they use the music really, really well in it. So well. And I love that. I didn't notice before, but so Heal the Pain is one of my favourite George Michael songs. As soon as I say that about every song in this film, I'm like that's one of my favourite George Michael songs every time it comes on. I was like, I love this song. But, oh, I think it's so beautiful when they had the choir singing Heal the Pain at the start and then I noticed that throughout there also are refrains they had kept having bits of Heal the Pain come up again in the background I don't know if you particularly noticed it unless you were as obsessed with the song as I am but especially when Tom was with Kate that song was playing and it was really lovely because I think that set the precedent for the film that it's about healing pain a bit as much as you can and he's trying to heal her and you know not heal her but help her yeah so I thought that was the perfect song to use throughout and oh it was such a good soundtrack as well I loved when they used praying for time um that was I think they used it a couple of times but I, they definitely used it when she found out that Tom was a ghost. Yeah. And then it emphasizes, you know, she's realizing she doesn't have that long on this earth. Mm. And, you know, we should be praying for time, as George says. And I was just so moving. Like that song makes me cry so much anyway. Yeah, they use the music so well because I'm pretty sure, like, all of it is George songs. Mm-hmm. And even just like the little, like, instrumentally music bits in the background of scenes and things it's all there and it's oh no it's just so lovely yeah I'm a big fan I'm I don't know as much George Michael as you but now I feel like I need to just listen to even more because it's just so good yeah what I loved was that uh, after I watched your Bex she said that she feels like she's really been sleeping on George Michael and I was like yes you absolutely have and I made her a playlist and she's been listening to it a lot so I hope that people of our generation maybe will see the film and they think oh maybe I should listen to some of his songs yeah 
And I think that this one was such a lovely tribute to him because obviously there's been so many biopics, especially of musicians lately. And we've spoken about a lot of them on here, actually. And I think as good as they are, and we pretty much loved all the ones you've seen, I think this worked really well for George and I preferred it to any other biopic we've done because maybe it's the me feeling more attached to him Mm. but I think that his music is very restorative and can help heal the pain and so I think it works well that his legacy is in these characters learning to heal themselves and help one another and so I think it's nicer than like doing a whole what's what happened in his life I think it's better just let the music speak for itself exactly Um, like it's a celebration of the music itself yeah I think sometimes it's it's even even better than like telling you what happened in their lives and everything because like everyone yeah so I think it's a really a really good way of showcasing celebrating his music and like the impact his music has had yeah. and continue to have on people which I think is such an amazing thing that yeah. music can do things like that so yeah I love that one of the first things that she says it might be the first thing she says is love me love George Michael I thought amazing <laughs> That's me. Yeah, she's playing. Um, oh, I can't remember which song it is, but she's playing one of his songs. Oh, I don't know. I think it was. I think it fades into. She's also singing "Heal the Pain" again. Yeah, maybe. What do you think about? Let's talk about London Covent Garden. The setting for it. Brilliant setting. Like I, I can't speak as if to know whether George spent much time in London I there was I literally don't know about George Michael's life at all well but. he did have a house up in London but um he actually I think he spent more of his time more well, later on in his life living in Goring so in Oxfordshire very nice, so, very nice. yeah <laughs> um but I just I, I wouldn't I hadn't thought of the setting in terms of it being relevant to George particularly, but I just think that it's so beautiful. I really loved it. I mean, Christmas, London itself is something else, but Christmas in London is a whole other thing with all the different yeah. streets and lights and yeah. all the little like side streets and alleys and like mm-hmm. the cute little hidden garden that yeah. they go to with the benches I think it kind of oh my god yeah it I know it maybe shows about the whole the focusing in on all the individual lives within this big crazy bustling city mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really nice to have like a Christmassy film in London because normally it's all like Christmas in New York or something yeah or in a cottage but, yeah in like the middle of nowhere so it's really nice to have Mm-hmm. something you know in the center in London yeah. somewhere that us as British people mm-hmm. recognize and yeah you know. it's nice because you can be like oh my god we walked down that street well we literally did I swear uh, I don't know if it was at the bus bit but I'm pretty sure 
we did get a shot of Regent Street because I recognised all the lights. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, yeah, we've been on there. It was so cool. I think that, again, might be why I love the film because it's so recognisable. It feels yeah. really... Well, I was going to say relatable, but not quite because I've not had a heart transplant. Mm. But like, all the locations, like, oh, my God. I've been to Comic Garden so many times. They're like, oh, my God. Good. you film there that's really cool so yeah. Yeah. it is it's so, so lovely how familiar mm. it is. it's so cool that they did film basically all of it in location in London like yeah obviously in like the middle of the night yeah but I think that's really cool as well yeah. it's like they didn't just green screen things they're like no, no it... we'll do it in London did you hear them talking about it on the Graham Norton show when it came out yeah. <laughs> and they were telling all the stories about filming in the middle of the night there I think I heard something the other day that Harry Styles was considered for the role of Tom in the film. What? But either he didn't want to or they decided on Henry Golding instead. But I'm sure I read like the headline of an article about Harry Styles being considered. But then again, maybe it's just one of those fan theories. No, no, no. I've seen on Capitol, they said Harry Styles turned on the lead role in Last Christmas and they posted that a couple of weeks ago. I knew I'd seen something. Wow. I can't imagine him in it now. Like him and Amelia Clark, I don't know. Wow. I think it works really well with it being Henry Golden because he hasn't been in enough and I love him a lot. So... And I think they worked really well together. Yeah. The two of them. Well, to be fair, Harry said that he turned it down because he thought he was too young. Yeah, I just read that as well. Which, which makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, I can't really imagine. I think because it's a very wise film uh, by Greg Wiselow. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of wisdom in it. And I think Henry, oh, not Henry, um, Tom comes in and has a guardian angel role. So not that he's old at all, but, you know, he's in his 30s at least, isn't he? Well, Harry's in his 20s. Uh, so I think, it, it, yeah, it works better. And as I said, I love Henry Golding as well. Yeah. So they were a good pair. Nice to see him in another film. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, because we talked about Crazy Rich Asians on here, didn't we? Yes, yes. Yeah. I liked him in A Simple Favour as well. Yes. I can't remember what else I've seen him in. I think those are maybe his only big ones. I think maybe he was in some kind of G.I. Joe new remake, something or other. Okay. I think those are his only big ones. I know, you'll just have to, we'll have to go back to our Crazy Rich Asians episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking what, what the, I think what the first thing I would have seen him in was. Oh, the gentleman. Oh yeah, as you said, we probably did have this conversation mm. before. It's, it's really good and I'll probably definitely watch it again this year. Oh, well. It'll, oh. it'll be added to the Christmas. Films to watch every year list now. Oh, I love that. Did it remind you of Nativity? Not particularly. I, I'm thinking of one scene where they're auditioning people 
from the shelter to <laughs> to be in the show. Just yeah, that one scene. That does have very similar vibes. And I think part of it is the whole Britishness of it. Yeah. And yeah, I think when you when you think of like Christmas and like auditioning scenes, you think of nativity, which I think is on our list of episodes we could do. Oh, wonderful. So yes, it will be our Christmas Eve episode, Nativity. Oh, Stay tuned for that one. Wonderful. Such fun. Oh, such fun. Oh, sorry. Again, me just blabbering on. Yeah, there you go. One thing I just thought, quick thing. Sue Perkins. Yes, of course, because she's um on the audition panel when she does the whole frozen ice skating audition yeah yeah it's a funny old cast isn't it loads of random people like um oh what's it called rob something is it rob delaney is that the right rob actor Ooh. comedian guy who she auditions for him for something else yeah i um, think that's the perk when you've got emma thompson being both in and having written this yeah. film she's got all those contacts so she can bring in all these little cameos which are brilliant. I yeah. Love I, like I love it. I recognised, you know, the police woman who was really funny. Yeah. I think I've seen her in something else. Yeah, I don't know who she was, but they, that, that was great. But no, I just, I just loved it all. It, it helped all be like emotional, happy and sad and then happy again. But, yeah. Um, I think we should visit the garden that they're in as well. I did Google where it was and have a feeling, well, nowhere's that far to get to in central London anyway. Um, But we should visit. I love doing that as well. You know, you go and visit places that are in books or films. It's great. Oh, do you know where it is? It's behind the Phoenix Theatre. So. Where I saw Bedit like Beckham. So that is near Common, well, basically is Common Garden. Yeah, because I guess it's all set in that area of Piccadilly. Yeah. I know. Ah, or we could pop there for um, a walk at some point. Exactly. We'll be in London. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any final remarks about the film? I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a general consensus. So we just yeah. tell everyone to go watch it because it is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they use Too Funky as well in the soundtrack. <laughs> One of my faves. Full of, full of great music. Mm-hmm. It really makes you realise mm. all the good stuff. You know, I can't remember the guy's yeah. name. Oh, sorry. I think the Wi-Fi is a bit out of sync. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't mean. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you. Oh, no, no, uh, it's okay. I think you just froze but, them. Okay. You know the guy who is helping out at the homeless shelter? Oh, alarm gone. I'll oh, be quick. With um, yes. I mean, he's, he's, he's the Yeah, one. I think it. Yeah, the younger one. He. Does he have a thing for. Okay, like are they gonna start a romance at the end of it? That's what I thought, and I thought they were going 
I thought they were going to make that a thing at the end because I think from the beginning you could see he kind of had like he was kind of flirting with her and I was like he has a thing for her and I didn't know when they were going to make them end up together but I think it's kind of nice that they didn't because it wasn't a whole showing her having to find a guy no yeah but I think if it was you know a real thing that carried on I think they would get together yeah that's nice yeah but But yes that was the sound of the alarm saying we need to stop talking (laughs) yeah okay we hope you've enjoyed day two of our 12 days of christmas and we'll be back in two days time chatting all about christmas gifts yeah thanks for listening to two o'clock with keller see you next time